1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
3: Salicotta back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number of call Take your calls till 5 a.m. The warm-up show. With Al and Jerry Stewart is calling from Brooklyn. Stewart, did you enjoy your first weekend of baseball?
2: Yeah, it was nice and short. Nice and sweet. Do <clears throat> you, like you like these less games? That's five like hours the is good.
3: Yeah, I guess so.
2: I mean, Sal, so, the games are moving along at a nice real realistic pace. <clears throat> Not too many uh, time... Uh, uh, no, that, that stopwatch violations. I saw one or two, and it was basically very nice to watch. And seeing him uh, see ninety nine do it twice, and then watching one go out of uh, almost uh, almost into orbit by Stan. What's what's really...
3: the f- what's the farthest home run you've ever seen hit, Stewart? Like there's gotta be one that you remember, right, as a fan thinking, Oh my god, I remember that, you know, bomb like I remember watching Maguire hit a bunch, even Bonds hitting a bunch. I don't recall I Judge hitting some monstrous shots. I don't know if I recall, and maybe it's recency biasy, but my goodness, I don't know if I recall one seeing hit as hard and as far as John Carl Stanton yesterday's was.
2: I saw Maguire hit one five forty seven. Five four seven. Yeah.
3: You think he was on the juice? Yeah. What about the Mick?
2: The Mick? Yeah. I seen him hitting into uh, my into Centerfield bleachers. I saw. I didn't see the one in sixty four. I heard it, and as soon as it went off the bat, they said it was heading out of Yankee Stadium in the right field but it hit the very top of the facade. Like, six, yeah. six inches further up, it would have been out of the stadium, period.
3: Is it further uh, or farther? Because I'm having a tough time with that.
2: Uh, there's two different meanings. Right, when that's why I'm asking you. Well, further would be when he actually made the cont- contact, context, and farther would be talking in the afterthought.
3: Hmm.
2: Oh, after, I'm not sure. I saw Reggie in 77 hit the. I think three it's home further.
3: System. I think it's further. Uh,
2: no, well, I'm, father not, I'm is not sure. Right, right. Father's actual in distance, meaning when you're traveling somewhere, there's a farther father distance to get to a certain point. But further away right, okay, so, the ball. so but, the ball. But we are talking about
3: still. distance, though. Like, we're talking about distance with Stan hit that ball farther than I've ever seen before. Is it further or farther? And why can't we just combine the two? Like, can't well, it just be one? True, but, but you know,
2: I saw Reggie hit the third home run in '77.
3: Right. Um, but McGuire. Oh, by
2: the way, did you did you see?
3: I'm glad you brought that up. I saw the Reggie Jackson special called Reggie on uh, Amazon Prime. Have you watched that? I
2: mean, I don't have Amazon Prime. How do you survive? What do you
3: mean you don't have Prime? You don't have Amazon shipping things to your house?
2: No, I don't. I survive. Have Amazon.
3: How do you get things delivered? I mean, it takes like a day, next day delivery. Come on, two days maybe. You get anything I on there. Amazon's
2: great. I have. I get stuff via FedEx and USPS and UF- UPS. Mm. I don't have Amazon.
3: What site do you use? Like you just go to regular websites? Yeah. You should really try Amazon. I think it's like, uh, how much is, Manny, do you know how much Amazon is? I don't even know how much it is. Actually, my wife pays for her.
2: You have it, Manny? I do not have it,
3: but I use my brother's account. I'm, okay, so you should buy. Hey, it How right. does
2: that... The wife pays no. for it.
3: Well, I mean, married. I had my... No, I had my... Here, here's how that broke down. I right. had an Amazon account. My wife had one. But when we got married, there's really no need for us to pay for two. And because my wife does the majority of the shopping on there, I just use her account when I need something. But it's great.
2: Well, I don't... Anyway... I'm not, I'm not married, so um, what else is new?
3: Well, I know. But you still Uh, should get Amazon. I'm not trying to to be a salesman for Amazon, but I can't imagine. Anyways, the the Reggie special, Stuart, was very good for me, who uh, I didn't know. uh, I mean, I know obviously, I know Reggie Jackson, but I didn't grow up watching him play, and I've heard stuff about him not being a nice guy or whatever. Well, he wasn't always
2: a nice guy. No.
3: But this show... Kind of gave an insight as to maybe why that was. He was not well, treated this, nice this, this, uh, by I his teammates. One thing. He had a
2: difficult yeah. upbringing too. Well, that that's the that time too. when he grew up. Uh, down when he was uh, brought up. Don't forget well, that's, that was that, in the South, in of Birmingham. Course, in of course, dealing with
3: a lot of racism. Of course, oh, of absolutely. Of he had
2: experienced racism. But but, you know, but he then was a even strong enough personality to overcome it. But even when he went
3: to the Yankees or when he came into the Yankees, he was not treated well inside you that clubhouse. why he was wasn't
2: be- treated well? He's because he was making thing. a lot of money. No. He yes. He said before he got there, I'm the straw that stirs the drink. Munson yeah, he said that was taken bed. out
3: of context, but it was also yeah, about the money.
2: That, that has a lot to do with it, though.
3: Uh, people favored Thurman Munson, and they thought that, no, that no, was no, a disrespectful no, 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 comment. No, no, no. And- when you, Look, you
2: say something before you get to a team, Something like that. That's gonna start that's gonna make They were
3: mad that. they were mad that Reggie was making the big bucks. It's as simple as that. And they held no, it against them that. It wasn't
2: and Billy Martin, it was Billy Martin the personality was a he got there. Billy
3: Martin was a drunk anyway, and he treated Reggie poorly. Anyway, I thought Reggie came across Look, he didn't come across nice necessarily, but I think he came across as honest and somebody who was frustrated where he wanted to help, even why he left the Yankees to go to the Astros now Angel. as a front
2: office man. Oh, you mean the front office, okay.
3: Yeah, the, in the front office he's, uh, yeah, I know he went back to the Angels or whatever with the you know, uh, yeah. to, to retire, but he left the Yankees front office because he wanted to be heard. He wanted to have his voice heard in the Astros well, they weren't, They weren't hearing
2: them. And that right. was a mistake letting them go.
3: They, they wanted them as a as, as he said he felt like a hood ornament. I think that was the term he used. Where they just wanted uh, him to be like, hey, it's Reggie Jackson, and players love seeing him. As opposed to with the Astros, where he's having his voice heard within the organization. Well, don't
2: you understand? The Yankees have a bad way of doing things. Sometimes with certain players, that they don't let them yeah. be heard. They do yeah. that. How for a nuts lot of did people. you go?
3: How how nuts did you go? where Reggie hit those three homers? I went
2: nuts. When I saw him do that, I said, oh, "Wow, he just re- he came through."
3: And By I, the I, way, I, after that special, it, it got me thinking. We are in the longest drought as far as championships go in New York baseball history because yeah. last de- last decade, I didn't even realize this. The, the last decade. Was I believe the first decade ever, or at the very least, I guess since the 20s, Yeah, that there wasn't a world championship in baseball in New York. And because the, the, the Mets won one. Obviously, the Mets won one in the eighties. The Yankees won one every other decade except for last year. So we are now we're in the midst of our longest drought. We're overdue for a baseball think championship.
2: Think about this: the Yankees, the lad, the teams, the two, the twenty teams was the first decade since the, I think, the uh, 19 teams where they did not make the World Series.
3: Right, but they the first time that neither New York team has won a championship in a, or didn't win a championship in a decade, isn't that hard to believe? 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and then the 2010s, the first one that was empty.
2: The 2010s was the first time the Yankees didn't make the World Series six in right. nineteen teams. Right, even the teams. Mets
3: made it in the two thousand tens.
2: Yeah, the Mets made it in fifteen. And but the point is,
3: point is, we're in a the, the longest drought here in New York baseball without a uh, championship. We have
2: a this will change very soon. Hopefully, this year.
3: Thank Hopefully you, Stewart. this
2: year. Sal, have a good
3: day. You too, Stuart. I appreciate you checking in. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have Amazon Prime, I'm assuming you're using somebody else's account by now, right? I mean, that's just generally how it works. Is that allowed? Should I should have never been saying that. I mean, I'm allowed to use my wife's account, aren't I? What are they going to come shut us down?
4: Going to take away your blue check mark?
3: Yeah, well, they could have that. By the way, I'm waiting for that to be removed. What happened there on social media? Who knows? I just given up. Supposed to take away the uh, the blue check mark. People make such a big deal about it. Who gives a crap? Uh, anyway, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Scott is calling from Hamilton. Good morning, Scott. What's up, Sal?
5: How you doing? How Sal? are you, Scott? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, Sal. Uh, you know, I, I'm getting tired of the favoritism in the NHL. Uh, uh, did you see what Ovi did to Goodrow yesterday in the game?
3: I just was checking out that clip that you DM'd me, and yeah. I didn't really get a good look at it, uh, to be honest with you, because I'm trying to there, multitask There's here.
5: about 9 to 10 blatant missed calls on Ovechkin in that game between slashes, cross-check, stripping, hit from behind. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, you know, this is the same thing where they're protecting the superstars and they don't call penalties on Ovi. They don't call him on Frosty. I mean, take a look at that clip.
2: It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'll watch the
5: clip again.
3: Scott, of course. Uh, Scott, are you the creator of Blue Shirt Nation?
5: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's... Since uh, thirteen, fourteen.
3: So you could check it out on Twitter at New York Rangers underscore BSN Blue Shirt Nation. How are you feeling overall, Scott? Aside from the frustration, by the way, dude. do you see Lafreniere's goal? Oh my
5: god. Discuss And if you take a look, it's identical to what he did in Detroit.
3: That but, is um, one of yeah, the, the again, great goals. That's his move, obviously. That's one of the great goals I've seen. My God.
5: You know, a lot of people, when Lafreniere was uh, being selected, a lot of people thought he was going to be the next Crosby because of the numbers he put up. And that's not his style of game. What you saw right there, you know, where he's a grinder, you know, but has unbelievable talent, that's Lafreniere's game. Yeah, it it's just it's a different style, but let the cake keep growing. I mean, you're seeing it with Kako. Gietel just got extended for four more years. Well that's put on It's that's a great line. How are
3: you Absolutely feeling, Scott? Line. How how are we feeling here? I firmly believe it. Uh, that this is a team that is going to win the Stanley Cup. Now, I know it's ridiculous making predictions, but I just feel it in in my heart, in my gut. They're loaded for it. Now, look, anything could happen. The postseason is going to be tough. But they are as loaded as a Rangers team as I can remember. Shesterkin, the key, playing like he was a year ago. How are you feeling as an expert of it, somebody who watches every second of every period of this Rangers team? How are you feeling about it going into the postseason here?
5: My biggest worry about the team is defense. Um, yeah, you know, when you look at players such as Key Andre Miller and Miller yeah, you know, I just I'm not one hundred percent like sold as far as comfortability on that. They have a phenomenal one through four offensive line, uh, without question, it's probably the best they've ever had. Yeah, you know, on paper, on the ice, however you want to look at it. The defense still has to be scared. Okay, Andre Miller's still making some really bad mistakes. Well, but
3: what about getting Lingren back? Don't, don't you think getting Lingering back is going to be huge for that?
5: It's going to be huge, but you have to look at it. You need three solid defensive lines. Or at least two and a, two and a quarter, two and a half, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, everybody knows the Stanley Cup is the hardest. You now, it's the hardest trophy to win in an all sports. What you have to go through as a team, and anything can happen. We've seen it happen with plenty of teams. We've seen it happen with, you know, the Rangers, where nobody expected them last year to go as far as they did in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But it's just, it's such, it's hard to say whether or not you think they're going to win or not. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimistic person, but I'm also a realist. Mm-hmm. where I look at it where, yes, I, I believe the Rangers are going to win the Stanley Cup. I want them to win the Stanley Cup, as I'm saying. But I also have to realize that it's not easy. You're talking about, you know, four rounds of seven-game series.
3: Right, well, that's why it sounds ridiculous to try and predict. And thank you for the call, Scott. appreciate checking in. Keep up the the good work with the blog. That's why it sounds ridiculous to predict it, but I'll give you the reasons why I just feel it. Number one, I don't like picking the favorites or the obvious going into a postseason. And the Bruins, the way that they've been playing lights out all year long, they're the favorites. So my general philosophy of going into a playoff would be, especially the NHL, would be that, okay, it seems obvious it's going to be the Bruins. It could play out that way. Sure, they go win the cup, but I'm going to pick against them. So if you take them out of the mix, and then the Western Conference is as weak as I can remember it in years. So now you're taking the top team in the East out, or I am in my philosophy, taking the Western Conference then out of it. What does that leave you? A team now with playoff experience with the Rangers for what they did last year. A team with an experienced winning head coach in Gallant. A team with loaded four lines. A team that has the best goalie in the league and now that is playing like it again in Chesterkin. A team that overcame adversity early in the year after the slow start. And even Chesterkin himself overcoming adversity to get back to where his game was a year ago. A team that's going to get their best defenseman, or one of, their best defensemen back in Ryan Lingren, who's been the heart and soul, so it shouldn't prove a weakness. A team that excels on special teams. And a team that has talent, all-world talent now, with the addition of Tarasenko and Kaner. A clean first four lines. Nobody's perfect, but all those pieces are in place. Overcoming the adversity, the experience of last year, the new additions, the top goalie, getting healthy, starting to gel and click at the right time. I really do feel like it's their year. And I gave you the reasons why. It's not just, oh, I'm a Rangers fan. I I feel it. There are multiple reasons. Connor is calling from South Jersey. Connor, what's on your mind about your Yankees today?
6: Yeah, hey, uh, so thanks for taking my call. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just going to get your opinion on what you thought this weekend brought to the Bronx. There was a different kind of energy. I was at opening day, and there's a palpable uh, you know, feeling in the Bronx that this is kind of ride or die now for the Yankees this year. Is there too much pressure and expectation on Anthony Volpe to be an X factor for this baseball team?
3: Um, I think it's a great question.
6: I don't I
3: Volpe himself, I think, can handle it. I feel like it's not healthy though to project predict, put all that on him, which is why, by the way, the Yankees are batting him ninth. I mean, multiple reasons, but also they're trying to take away that pressure. has become a major star already, and he's done nothing. He's played three games, yeah. and he's yep. done nothing. So I don't think it's fair. I mean, look at this team. They're loaded elsewhere with Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, you know, obviously Cole. Um, you know, they, they have a, a bunch of talent everywhere you look on that team. But, but they've all fallen uh, short. Well, correct. And a guy like Volpe, and you know this, Connor, being a Yankee fan, a guy like Volpe who does it all, right? He's going to put the bat on the ball. He's going to steal some bases. Those are the type of players. Those are the type of things the Yankees have missed in October. So it's hard yep. to say that on April, whatever we are here, April 3rd. Third. But come yeah, come October, that's where you hope a player like Volpe can make his impact.
6: Yeah, exactly. And I, I completely agree with you. I. uh I played uh, baseball in school myself at Rutgers uh, for a few years. And uh, basically I just think that when you go to that next level and obviously I've never competed at obviously professional baseball level, but mm. seeing how well Volpe's handled himself just in the media and, and stuff like that. And New York being a New York Yankee is not an easy task for a 21 year old, but just the quiet confidence stuff. Uh, I'm I'm 24 years old myself. So, I uh, got the end of Derek Jeter's career in uh, A-Rod and uh, saw the 2009 championship team. But, you know I mean? The dominance of the 90s was lost upon me because I was born in uh, 1998, myself. RC. Damn, you
3: missed out. You missed yeah. out, Connor. Yeah,
6: exactly. I was a day late and a dollar short. Um, but uh, what, if, yeah, I mean, if you don't mind, reflect to me on what, the level of expectancy was when Derek Jeter came up to the Yankees Nation to be their shortstop. Well, that's a great question. Thing?
3: It's a great question, uh, Connor, and thank you for the call. We appreciate you taking the time to to check in. There were high expectations, but I'd be lying to you if I said I remember exactly to this degree. And you have to remember, too, that was before the Yankee dynasty. So I think everything changed after the Yankee dynasties. There were the high expectations for Jeter and probably similar talk. I don't remember it. I, you know, I wasn't working in it at the time. I was only, geez, how old myself? 14, 15 years old, I guess, at the time and 96. Maybe a little bit older. Um, yeah, maybe about that, 15 years old. So I remember it a little bit, and I remember there being hype and talk about them, but much like any other prospect. I mean, that's been going on since, geez. I mean, since I remember growing up collecting baseball cards where my uncle would be like, you know, Hensley Bam Bam Mule Sal, this is the guy, Bam Bam Mule, like he was a top prospect or Roberto Kelly or whoever, all the, Tevin Moss, uh, all these guys i think of some failed Mets guys. Dave Magadan, maybe. Um, I, don't, I don't know. There, there's always that hype around certain prospects. So that was there for Jeter. But it's before the dynasty years. And I feel like after... I mean, it was obviously as they were happening, but it was before that, before all the World Series championships. So after that success everything becomes more pressurized because now you're held to a higher standard as an organization. So think about this. Volpe comes after Jeter and the success that he had after the Yankees had their dynasty in the nineties and then the success in the two thousands and, you know, obviously winning a world series in 2009, but now a decade without a world series win or a world series appearance on a team that is expected to go win a World Series and Volpe's supposed to be the difference maker? I'm not necessarily feeling that, but I do think that it's projecting, or fans are projecting Volpe to be an impact player and a difference maker eventually, whether it be on this team or just years moving forward. So I think it's probably a little bit more when you consider all things. But I I, I don't remember at the time because I was not old enough to either appreciate it or really understand it with Jeter and and the expectations and what they were exactly. Now, this, we're living through it, so obviously we could feel it and we could see it. You Remember, too, even when Judge first came up in 2017, that was a year where the Yankees were not expected to do anything. So they had all those baby bombers. There weren't really any expectations. Then they go out there and get to game seven of the 2017 ALCS. And then the expectations came. And this team has not been able to get over the hump. I think there's more pressure on Judge. This is his team. He's the captain now. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Judge is the captain now. He's got to get this team to a World Series. That's on him. So while there's great excitement around Volpe, and understandably so, people need to cool it a little bit and get back to putting the pressure on the guys that have been here for a while and let Bolpe slide in and kind of be a piece to hopefully a championship puzzle
0: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
3: of back on the fence. Successful first weekend for both New York teams. Mets take three of four in Miami. Yankees take two of three from the Giants at home. Yanks will take on the Phils now, who come to town starting tonight. That's a 7 o'clock start for them. Mets will head to Milwaukee, play an afternoon game, as they uh, the Brewers have their home opener. That is at 2 o'clock a little bit later on. And, look, there was, to me, the thing that was most impressive yesterday, I know the Yankees got it done with the power, and the Mets lineup continues to do what they did a year ago, put the ball in play, take advantage of other teams' mistakes. But the pitching, whether it's Brito, whether it was Kodai Senga, the pitching was the impressive stuff yesterday with both these guys making their major league debuts. Brito actually looked more impressive than Senga. Five scoreless, allowing just two hits, striking out six, and had excellent movement on all his stuff. Kodai Senga was a little shaky to start. But then he had that nasty ghost fork working for him, eight strikeouts settled in after allowing just that one run in the first inning, where you know it could have gotten a lot worse as there were bases loaded. But it got out of that, um, got out of that trouble, and Senga was pretty impressive. I, I have the feeling that you're not going to see that type of start often, where you're going to be, you know, single, be in trouble in the first inning. But I do think there's going to be a lot of traffic with him, where you know, because he's known for walking a bunch of guys. So you're going to have a few hits, you'll have a few walks, and you're going to have to work out of some trouble. But he's able to do that with that wipeout ghost fork pitch. So that was exciting to watch um, yesterday, of course, for uh, for the Mets. And like I said, with Brito, he just looked. You know, there's certain guys you don't hear much hype about, and then Brito all of a sudden gets thrown into the, to the mix because of all the injuries. Then you watch him pitch, and you're thinking, where the hell has this guy been? He looks nasty. John is calling from Forest Hills. Good morning, John. What's on your mind on this Monday morning?
8: Good morning. Uh, hey, listen, I really appreciate you. I, I enjoy your show. Um, I just want to ask you. you a question, a, a different opinion about the length of the ball games. I mean, I have to buy the tickets depending on how many children I take, so between $100 and $200, load my kids in the car, drive them from Long Island to Yankee Stadium. Sometimes it takes an hour, hour and a half. Uh, spend money at the ballpark might be a three, four, five hundred dollar night. Why would I want the games to go two hours or less? I mean, I want more offense. I'm very happy that they did away from the shift. I want a longer game. I want to spend more time there. I go maybe once a month with my kids, so it's just a different opinion. I understand the reason for all the changes. I know the guys have to play every night, so shorter ball games are better for them, but. You know, when you go to the ball game as a family, and it's only once a month, you just want to enjoy your time there. So, I just thought oh, I'd throw that out there for you. Well, and let me. To what you think?
3: Well, well, let me. Before you hang up, let me ask you something. What okay. is your feeling of What is your feeling of watching it on TV? Uh,
8: great. I mean, I I love to. I just enjoy longer games. I mean, I. I I don't want the game to go faster. That's just me. And right, know, but that's fine. Along. Me,
3: me neither necessarily. And like I said before, I don't know how much of the show you caught earlier on, but we're right. talking about this earlier, John. Where you're going to hear a lot of "This is the greatest thing ever" from media members, and that's who's right. getting the message out there because it is their job. They don't want to be there. I'm, this is this is the truth. I know it. I work with them. I see. <laughs> I am one. I. So I I'm, I'm telling you, we we root for we root for quick games because they don't want to be there longer. So I have to separate the two and be fair to the fan because I'm also a fan. So that's the message you're going to hear. But I was curious to see how you thought about it, watching it on TV as opposed to going, because I'm with you going to the game. When you take the time and you go to the ballpark, Right, you, It's an outing. It's an event for it the is. day. You don't want the game to be rushed, and you're paying a lot of money, and you're making a big deal, and there's a lot of energy and effort that goes into it, and it shouldn't just be, oh, two hours, and the game is over, and everybody should be happy. No, you want to spend your time there at the timeless sport of baseball.
8: Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. We just we enjoy it as a family. We enjoy taking the hour-and-a-half ride or whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, it's once a month, and but, you know, to rush the game, to get it done within two hours or less, I just don't see the need for it. But that's just my opinion. Thanks, Sal. So well, and, and
3: you're entitled to that. Thank you, John. We appreciate you checking in. That's, I mean, it's what we touched on earlier. I think people, fans of the sport, while you want the game to be played better and sure, it were, you don't want it to drag on. That's why I've always said it's about the quality of play to me, not about – the pace, necessarily, is certainly not the length of play. If a baseball game takes three and a half hours, so be it. It's a baseball game. It's not timed. I mean, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just say, okay, you know what? The, who, who the hell needs innings? What's the difference? We, there, there are no nine innings. Just play them out to play us out. What does that mean? Just play out the game in three hours or two and a half hours. This way nobody has to worry about it. Two and a half hour game, that's it. Every time you know what it is. It's timed, much like the NHL or the NBA. There'll be some extra time in the event of a tie. You can figure out a tiebreaker however you'd want. But basically, that's it. Play the top of the first, bottom of the first, whatever. Just keep going. Top of the tenth, whatever it may be. The, the, the game stops at two hours and thirty minutes. I mean, why don't we just do why why not do that? You can't put a time on a timeless sport. And if you're going to do so, then do it. Stop rushing the games. Now, like I said, overall, I think it's going to be a good thing. And as long as the quality is there, the pace of play is, is has definitely improved. But I, I just, there's a very fine line between improving the pace of play and Shortening the game and rushing the game. And it shouldn't be rushed. And it feels that way now. It is a pretty significant adjustment going from three hour plus, three and a half hours, sometimes four hour games to now all of a sudden, boom, 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 two hours done. And that's just from watching standpoint, not going to. Going to, it's going to probably feel even worse. You take the time to get there. I mean, look, maybe you get there a little earlier now. You go survey the bullpark. You get your food. Make sure you're in your seat because you don't want to miss anything. I'll tell you, even just watching the game, I felt – so yesterday I finally – because Saturday I had uh, – I was was watching the games, but I had one on the regular TV and then one on the iPad. And then I had a third iPad for my daughter. And it was just like, and she's throwing crap all over the place in the toy room. She's knocking down the iPad. She's got, you know, I'm like trying to watch the games, but I really am not watching the games. If you know what I mean? Hard to focus on one game when that's going on, let alone two, but I had them both on. So yesterday though, I needed to change it up a little bit. So I told my wife, I'm going downstairs. You do what you got to do up here. Daddy's got to go downstairs to work. So I put the Mets on one screen, the Yankees on another screen. And I felt like I couldn't leave because, you know, a lot of times during a baseball game, you get up, you go upstairs, you get some food, you come back down, whatever, go to the bathroom, whatever it may be. And I didn't want to leave because I was enjoying watching Brito pitch and I wanted to see Kodai Senga. So there really wasn't a good time to leave. So I think top of the second in the Met game, I was like, all right, let me go up and, and get food. I hadn't eaten yet for the day. And I came back down, and it was already the bottom of the second. I complete. I missed the whole top of the second inning of the Mets hitting. I was like, "What the hell was that?" Now it turned out it was a seven pitch inning, but still, I came down to commercial, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on here? What, what, what was there? A pitching change? What I miss? Did they really go down that quickly?" I didn't take much time to get the food, so little things like that too, where you you have a feel for the pace of the game or the timing of the game your whole life watching these games. okay, so if I went upstairs to get food, I come back down and maybe I missed a batter or two in the top of the second. but generally it wouldn't be that much. I come down I missed a whole half an inning it's it's a different type pace. and with you know when you compare baseball to basketball, let's say, you know another game that gets played in what two hours, two and a half hours. It's a little different because early on in these basketball games, it really doesn't matter, right? The game really gets interesting late third quarter, fourth quarter, even late fourth quarter. With baseball, every inning counts the same. Like there, and I know you could say the same about the others, but it's not baseball. You can miss one inning and that's it. The game you know, you, you missed a two run homer and you know, that's it. That was the difference in a ball game. So it's harder to, I don't know, excuse leaving, I guess, for those innings. But then, then when a the game is moving so fast, you kind of have to be more locked into it. Ah, uh, look, I'm le- we're learning together. Jason is calling from Waterbury, Connecticut. Good morning, Jason.
4: Hey, Sal, what's up, brother? It's great to talk to you, man. How you doing?
3: How How are you, Jason?
4: Yeah, doing great, brother. Uh, boy, I, I had another point, but I mean, when you were on the line with the last caller, I mean, he brought up a interesting point. You know, if you love baseball, then, you know, baseball is not a timed game. I, I was just saying, like 20 years ago when, you know, all these great players were playing and the games were probably three, three and a half hours because the run scored or Pedro was on the mound or whatever the case may be, nobody cared about the time of the game. Now, all of a sudden, because... The world's changed so much, and, you know, the younger uh, person in the world, they're trying to get involved in the game, which, you know, a lot of younger people are still into baseball anyway, but that's how much this world has changed that they're trying to, you know, they, they uh, implemented the pitch clock in baseball now to speed up the game. Nobody, if you love baseball, it's not a timed game. You're, you you want to watch the game no matter what. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to believe that they would just implement this stuff to change the game that way, you know?
3: Well, the sport, I mean, the the sport needed a change, sure. But the, and I don't mind them cleaning it up a little bit, but there is a a part of it that feels too rushed. And that's why I say it's a fine line between the guy sitting there playing with his hat, playing with his cup, you know, spitting, standing out of the box, playing with the (laughs) rosin bag. You know, there's a big, there's
4: a fine line between that and what they're doing now to where... Another thing that changed in the game, which is is one of the worst things you could change in the game, is the fact that just the starting pitcher doesn't throw nine innings anymore. And the, I always say this: the, the analytic people, I don't know how baseball let these guys involve themselves in the game because to me, the three biggest things in the sport of baseball are the starting pitcher, you know, hitting and running, stealing bases and the manager coming out and getting thrown out of the game, those are three, three of the most exciting things that happen in the ball game. And you don't see those three things a lot anymore now. Thank God they got rid of the shift. So I think you're going to see a lot of base or a lot of, you know, first to thirds and guys laying bunts down and things like that. But the starting pitcher to me is, I mean, they, they, they want to see, you know, managers going to the pen a lot. They want to see guys coming out of the pen throwing 98 to 100 miles an hour. You know what? Leave the starting pitcher in the game, and that also takes care of the, the time and the pace of the game because if you let the guy settle down to start look at Clemens or Pedro, these guys aren't coming out of the game. You know what and I mean? Today, and these that's, guys took six innings. They come out of the game.
3: And that's what we talk about, and thank you for the call, Jason, when we talk about quality of play. And it used to just be something as simple as, why do you think a, a starting pitcher would start the game? Because he's, this is pretty simple here, but I'll answer it anyway. Because he's the best pitcher available that day for that team. That's why he's starting the game. And now we're in a hurry in baseball to get to the bullpen. The lesser arms. And I know it's different to where, okay, they may be lesser arms, but maybe they're better arms, but just for a shorter period of time. So that does hurt the game where you have teams in a hurry to get into that bullpen and continue to change pitchers and then you have pitchers that you know the deeper you go in the into your staff the worse the pitchers are going to be then you have pitchers that shouldn't be in the major leagues that are throw coming in these games they can't throw strikes and then that leads to poor quality of play and the game being drawn out length of game being ridiculous so I do think that the fact that and I don't know if it's just analytics, but trying to keep these pitchers healthy nowadays, that does add a, a bad element to the game, which then, you know, like everything else, so something happens and there's going to be a reaction to that to try to change it. So because you have so many pitchers being used in each game and the game's taking long, and that's not the only reason, obviously, but now they need to counter that with the pitch clock. Instead of just having major league pitchers who could actually throw strikes and stay in a game longer than five, six innings, which would help speed up the process as well. They don't have that anymore, so now you've got to implement the pitch clock. The other stuff that you talked about, you know managers arguing that happens minimally now because of the replay system, which by the way, the replay system's a joke anyway. You can't just give a, a team one challenge. I mean it's, it's ridiculous. The Mets got screwed with that over the weekend. You can't do it. it's absurd first inning you use a challenge, you don't get it right because they don't even know what they're looking at. You're not allowed to challenge the rest of the game. If the point is that you are supposed to get the calls right, which by the way I'm anti-replay. I don't want any of it. And my point has still been proven all these years later to be correct because their point is, oh no, you want the calls right, right? I said, no, I'd rather human element. Get Get the calls wrong. And guess what? Calls are being getting wrong anyway. Even with the replay. So get replay out. Either use it or don't, but don't halfway it. Oh, yeah, you get one challenge. Well, what, what, what good is that, one challenge? It's ridiculous. Anyway, now I'm going off on a tangent here. There's a lot that you can change about baseball, and they're changing certain things. Banning the shift, I think, was, while it's you know, cheap, it's a counter to the fact that they don't have hitters that are good enough. Because the fielders and the team's analytics and where they're going to put these guys on their you know fielding chart and positioning is ahead of where the hitters are. You should be able to, as a major league hitter, say, oh, okay, five guys are going to play on the right side. Guess what I'm going to do? Hit the ball to the left side. But they can't do it because they're not good enough because there aren't enough good ball players. Guys don't steal bases anymore because they aren't good enough. They aren't fast enough because analytics is brought to the game. Guys that are just trying to hit home runs. Analytical guys. Launch angles and guys who are going to walk. And that's it. Don't steal bases. It's too risky. Don't bunt. They're taking the baseball out of baseball. And maybe these new rules will help put some of that back in there where you should see more stolen bases and you know more action defensively with the banning of the shift and hopefully more balls put in play, although I don't know if we're necessarily there yet where strikeouts are still going to be a big thing. Anyway, it, it, there's a lot of work to be done. But the game has evolved and I don't think for the better.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Delicata back on the fan. 877-337-6666. WrestleMania, I guess, was this last weekend. Manny, are you into WrestleMania at all or wrestling at all? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are. I Look, I used to be. I always say the same thing. From like 85 or 86 to 92, I consider myself... An expert, but I do not get into the current stuff. Occasionally over the years since 92 when I was really out of it, occasionally over the years I'll check in and, I don't know, maybe something piques my interest or whatever. Um, but I have not been watching the current stuff in probably years now. And I just, I don't know, I just don't get into it. And I'm not doing the ordering a Peacock just for this and then a two-night event. Like, I just don't have the time to do it. Think about it this way. I'm a 43-year-old adult who now is a father, and I'm married. I have two jobs. I have to watch sports. Like, is there any way possible that even if I were into wrestling, is there any way possible I could justify it to my wife that I am going to spend, what is it, three hours, I guess it is, per night, that I am going to spend... Yeah, three hours on a Saturday night to watch wrestling. How do you think that that would go over? And then not only that, it's again on Sunday. Like, if they were, I hate that they do this. And I understand why wrestling is doing it. Because even though I say I was out of it for all those years, occasionally, like I said, you know, when I was living on my own in the city or whatever, and I was like, yeah, you know what, it's an event, WrestleMania, whatever. I got nothing better going on. And maybe I'll throw it on for the night and watch it and be entertained. Yeah, you know, it's entertainment. That's what it is, right? A mindless entertainment. Scripted, mindless entertainment. Much like, you know, I'd rather watch right now. My wife and I are into Jersey Housewives or Vanderpump Rules. I can't get enough of that stuff. We're Married at First Sight. Those are the three big shows. On top of the other stuff that we, we like others. What, man, are you not into any of those things?
4: I just, it's just a random trio of shows, in my opinion.
3: Oh, dude, come on. VPR Vanderpump Rules is on fire right now with the scandal going on. Oh, it's a great show. And uh, Jersey Housewives. I don't like all the Housewives, but Real Housewives of New Jersey is our favorite. I'm starting to get uh, familiar with the characters. Uh, they're insane, and I love it. Who's your favorite? Uh, uh, Joe Joe, and Melissa Gorga. Do you watch it or no? Are Not you at all. I'm just
4: trying to make some conversation.
3: Oh, come on, Manny. Sal, get with I, it. I play video games, and then I watch sports. Yeah, exactly. You're single and how old, right? Well, I have a girlfriend and I'm twenty five. Well, uh, no, no, no. You us yeah, get a girlfriend schmorrell friend. Yeah, until you're married, it, nothing matters. Until the taxes well, how, are different? Yeah. How long you been dating your girlfriend? Uh we're going on three years this this summer. Oh, time to start how old are you, Manny? Twenty
4: five years old, so. Oh damn, you're twenty five. are yes, you crazy? I, three years. Remember remember the uh caller that said that he was born in ninety eight and missed the Yankee glory years? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I was born in '97. I'm a Yankee fan, and I missed all Yo, those years too.
3: What are you doing with a three-year relationship at 25? Are you out of your mind? Um, is that a, why? What's the matter? You, you do plenty of time for that to settle down. You're 25.
4: Play the field. I did already. It was called college.
3: Well, I didn't go to college, so you have that advantage. Maybe that's uh you know the Suffolk Community College doesn't hold. So where'd you go to college?
7: Good old Buffalo State University now.
3: Yeah, I don't even know if that's uh, much better than Suffolk. But anyway, all right. So, well, are you planning on are you planning on getting married at some point? Like, what's well, your three years? Is you know, you get to a certain point in a relationship where it's like, all right, are we moving this thing forward or are we going our separate ways here? And I'm sure she, your lovely girlfriend, is thinking, hey, when's this guy going to propose to me? No, at three years? Come on, Manny. Um, don't give me a panic attack live on the air, man. Yeah. It's time, man. You make a decision. Anyway, she doesn't have you watch any of these reality shows? No, no. We will watch. If we're going to get together and watch something, it'll probably be like a Marvel
7: movie or something.
3: Okay. Well, whatever. There's stuff that you want to watch with your girlfriend. There's stuff that I want to watch with my wife. That takes up the free time outside of work, outside of sports. So to justify sitting there on two separate nights as a 43-year-old adult, To watch WrestleMania, it's just not going to fly. And then you know, as I was getting ready for the show, I check out social media a little bit, and people are going nuts. Oh, what a brilliant storyline! And oh, how could this guy lose or that guy win? Like, guys, you know, I'm not going to say wrestling's fake because I do really believe you know the 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 pounding and know about it that it takes on these guys' bodies and or or males and females, the pounding that uh, their bodies take by performing in the ring, and all that stuff. But I mean it is scripted. You know, it is written. And I love how people complain about the writing and oh this and that like I don't know. I just I'm I'm not trying to look to each their own, and you want to get into it, that's your thing. I'm just telling you, at this point in my life, I don't have the the bandwidth to sit there and dedicate three, four hours of time to a scripted wrestling event. However, I will spend three hours watching married at first sight vanderpump rules and real housewives of new jersey because i love joe gorga and melissa gorga
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better